0: You know we're taking this very seriously, right? Yes. I see that you dressed seriously.
1: we brought you here today because we heard that you are a Christmas expert. Yes. Let's talk about Christmas. Okay.
0: Christmas is a very serious business, right?
1: We can't remember some stuff about Christmas, so can you help us? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, have you ever heard about Christmas before?
0: How many times?
1: Three? Five. It happens like once a year, so I've only had nine of them. What do you know about Christmas? Um, we open presents when we have to open presents.
0: hmm mm-hmm. Is that sometimes a bit of a chore to open presents? It's hard work.
1: No! Wait, you like presents? Yeah, I like them more than um, alligators. Is Christmas all about alligators? No, it's all about Jesus. Who is Christmas about? Jesus is born. Oh, right, Jesus. What was Jesus' mom's name? Mary. Who told Mary and Joseph that they were going to have a baby? Mary. Angel told them. The angel named Gabriel came to her and said she was going to have a baby. And what did Mary say? Yeah. So, what can you tell me about Jesus? Oh, he was born on Christmas. Was he born inside a hospital? No. No? no? That's not a hospital. That happened. He was born in a car. Why was he born in a car? Because, because there was no bed available. Because the hotel Because were unavailable. Because the, whole, the hotel. Too much furniture in it! <laughs> Do you know where he was born? A little house place where only animals basically go. And they had a baby, so they put it in like a little manger. Filled with pain. So, did anyone come to see Jesus? He, some, some people come to see him. I don't like know the names, but mostly everybody. Three wise men and the shepherd. Technically all men are wise. Because they all know something. Mm-hmm. I'm a wise man. I'm a really man. Wise.
0: So Jesus had a lot of people come and see him busy. Did any of them bring any gifts?
1: Frankenstein coins? Mm-hmm. Frankenstein coins, yeah. What else? Gold. Gold. And silver. Did he get a song for Christmas? Uh,
2: about they,
1: christmas they did, yeah so much i didn't know is there anything else
3: that you want to say to everyone watching? Hey, hey everyone welcome to the south online my name is jenny i'm one of the pastors here and i hope you enjoyed our kids performance or their their interview video that you just watched i hope that Uh, You found it encouraging, and maybe even let it make you chuckle. Um, They really enjoyed making that, and it was a lot of fun to pull together. Um, Today, we're going to be joining with our 33 family for live worship a little bit later, and then you're going to hear from Pastor Glenn as he preaches through the message of Christmas. And so we hope that um, as you gather with us online, that you will feel the hope, love, joy, and peace that uh, is promised through the nearness of Jesus. And uh, Merry Christmas to you all. We hope to see you soon in the new year.
0: For showing us what Christmas is all about. Welcome, everyone. Welcome at home, online, and and here at church. Thank you so much for coming with us um, on our Christmas tradition and uh, being with us for our Christmas Eve service. My name is Jordan. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's a pleasure, pleasure to be here. I want everyone for a moment to think of their uh, most favorite Christmas film, and I know everyone has one. I was with a bunch of people yesterday, and we were talking about different films, and they were all Christmassy, and, and so many of them uh, were so, so going I want everyone just right now. Quickly, think of one in your head, and uh, I have one, and I will tell you in a second. Um, all right, everybody got it? Everybody okay? At home, you're okay as well. Okay, hands up if your Christmas film is pre-1980s. All right, favorite film, pre nineteen so I'm talking like Miracle on 34th Street, Christmas Story, those kind of things. All right, so we got that. Then we got to go from the 80s up to the 2000s. Who has a movie that slides into that area? We're talking Home Alone. We're talking uh, A Christmas Carol, The Muppet Christmas Carol. Watch that today. Lovely. Uh, does anybody want to tell me what theirs is? You got your hand really raised high. The newer version of Miracle on 34th Street. Awesome. Do you guys want to stay over there? Home alone. Fantastic. Take your kids with you next time you go on a trip, though. I want to encourage you. So, and anybody got the new kind of L40? 2000s and on. Who's got a favorite one there? Oh yeah. A few of us. What's What's your guys' favorite down here? The star. Oh, the star. It's a Canadian one, too. Fantastic. So, yeah, one more. Sorry? Elf, that is a classic. That's the like number eight of all time. We all have our favorite Christmas movies. We all have our favorite Christmas traditions. And, and Christmas over time has taken a bit of a turn um, over the past, uh, let's say, 2,000 years or so. I would say that's kind of turned over that time. And uh, But we keep on calling back to our traditions. We keep on calling back. We often call back to a movie that we want to watch. Like today, A Christmas Carol, A Muppet Christmas Carol. i watch that again. we also want to remember what this is all about, why we're here, why we celebrate, why we come on Christmas Eve, to remember about Jesus. He's come. He's come to bring a light. You're going to notice the theme today about light, how we want to celebrate the light that Jesus is. He's brought a light to us. So as we're here today, thank you so much. And as you're at home, thank you for being with us today. And let's remember what Christmas is about. It's about a light coming to this world to bring good news. I uh, bought my wife a Christmas present this year, just for me, hey? Thank you. That's it. Uh, I, I bought her a fridge. I just really wanted to see her light, her face light up when I opened it. Oh, when she opened it, I wrecked that joke already. Ah. My kids, I've told that joke about 30 times, and I reckon every time. Anyways, we're excited to share the light with you today. Let's pray, and we will pray. Our Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for everyone here. Thank you, Jesus, for the light that you brought as you partner and bring a light to us so we can bring a light to those around. As we're here today celebrating a tradition and reminding ourselves and reminding those around us why we do what we here for you, Jesus. Thank you that your presence is with us. Thank you that your life is here. I just pray that our hearts will be open to seeing that light. If we're here for the first time in a long time at a church service, I pray that our hearts will be warm to who you are. just your good love and your good light. Thank you for the opportunity to be
2: There was a man sent from God, His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. 14-18
4: 14-18 The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen the glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out saying this was he whom I said he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side has made him known.
5: Okay, so this is the part of our service where we encourage you to really prayerfully consider how you can contribute to the life and the work of Willow Park Church. What we're doing right now online and our online church and our online ministry is made possible by people being generous, just like you, following the command of Scripture in the New Testament. which talks about giving cheerfully. It talks about giving generously, sacrificially. It's kind of got a pinch and also regularly and so if you are not doing that yet can can i just humbly ask you to prayerfully consider how you can give to this incredible work as we we look for ways that we can serve jesus in our province in our city and around the world so here are a few different ways that you can do that you can do it online or whether it be regular each month and we can answer any questions you might have about that. But thank you for making this possible. Thank you for the ways that you just, it's, it's humbling how people have continued to give in these really uncertain times. You're amazing. God bless.
0: right? Yes. I see that you dressed seriously.
1: We brought you here today because we heard that you are a Christmas expert. Yes. Let's talk about Christmas.
0: Okay. Christmas is a very serious business, right?
1: We can't remember some stuff about Christmas, so can you help us? Yes. <laughs> okay. Have you ever heard about Christmas before?
0: How many times? Three.
1: It happens like once a year, so I've only had nine of them. What do you know about Christmas? Um, we open presents when we have to open presents.
0: Mm-hmm. Is that sometimes a bit of a chore to open presents? hard work.
1: No! But you like presents? Yeah, I like them more than um, alligators. Is Christmas all about alligators? No, it's oh. all about Jesus. Who is Christmas about? Jesus is born. Oh, right, Jesus. What was Jesus's mom's name? Mary. Who told Mary and Joseph that they were gonna have a baby? Family angel told them. The angel named Gabriel came to her and said she was gonna have a baby. And what did Mary say? Yes. So what can you tell me about Jesus? Oh He was born on Christmas. Was he born inside a hospital? No. No? No. That's not a hospital that happened. He was born in a car. Why was he born in a car? Because Because there was no Because the hotel. Because the whole The Hotel has too much. (laughs) <laughs> Do you know where he was born? A little house place where only a little space like And they had a baby, so they put it in like a little manger. Filled with hay. So did anyone come to see Jesus? <laughs> Some people come to see him. I don't like know their names, but mostly everybody. Three wise men and the three shepherds. Technically, all men are wise because they all know something. Mm-hmm. I'm a wise man. I'm a really Thanks. Wise.
0: So, Jesus had a lot of people come and see him, didn't he? Did any of them bring any gifts?
1: Frankenstein coins. Mm-hmm. Frankenstein coins, yeah. What else? Gold. Gold. And silver. Did he get a song for Christmas? Beautiful. Beautiful. I feel like we learned a lot yeah, about I think Christmas. We did. Today. Yeah. So much I didn't
2: know. Is there anything else that you
1: want to say to everyone
6: watching?
3: Hey, hey everyone, welcome to the South Online. My name is Jenny. I'm one of the pastors here. And I hope you enjoyed our kids' performance or their, their interview video that you just watched. I hope that uh, you found it encouraging and maybe even let it make you chuckle. Um, they really enjoyed making that and it was a lot of fun to pull together. Um, Today, we're going to be joining with our 33 family for live worship a little bit later. And then you're going to hear from Pastor Glenn as he preaches through the message of Christmas. And so we hope that um, as you gather with us online, that you will feel the hope, love, joy, and peace that uh, is promised through the nearness of Jesus. And uh, Merry Christmas to you all. We hope to see you soon in the new year. Showing us what Christmas is all about.
0: Welcome, everyone. Welcome at home, online, and, and here at church. Thank you so much for coming with us um, on our Christmas tradition and uh, being with us for our Christmas Eve service. My name is Jordan. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's a pleasure, pleasure to be here. I want everyone for a moment to think of their uh, most favorite Christmas film. And I know everyone has one. I was with a bunch of people yesterday, and we were talking about different films, and they were all Christmassy, and, and so many of them uh, were so, so good. I want everyone just right now, quickly think of one in your head, and uh, I have one, and I will tell you in a second. Um, all right, everybody got it? Everybody okay? At home, you're okay as well. Okay, hands up if your Christmas film is pre-1980s. All right, favorite film, pre-1980s. Are we talking like Miracle on 34th Street, Christmas Story, those kind of things? All right, so we got that. Then we got to go from the 80s up to the 2000s. Who has a movie that slides into that area? We're talking Home Alone. We're talking uh, A Christmas Carol, The Muppet Christmas Carol. Watch that today. Lovely. Uh, does anybody want to tell me what theirs is? you got your hand really raised high. The newer version of Miracle on 34th Street. Awesome. Do you guys want to say over there? Home Alone. Fantastic. Fantastic. Take your kids with you next time you go on a trip though, I want to encourage you. So and anybody got the new kind of L for you? 2000s and on. Who's got a favorite one there? Oh yeah. A few of us. What's your what's your guys' favorite down here? The star. Oh, the star. That's a Canadian one too. Fantastic. So, yeah, one more. Sorry? L! That is a classic. That's like number eight on all time. We all have our favorite Christmas movies. We all have our favorite Christmas traditions. And, and Christmas over time has taken a bit of a turn um, over the past, uh, let's say, 2,000 years or so. I would say that's kind of turned over that time. And, uh, but we keep on calling back to our traditions. We keep on calling back. We often call back to a movie that we want to watch. Like today, A Christmas Carol, A Muppet Christmas Carol, i watch that again. But we also want to remember what this is all about, why we're here, why we celebrate, why we come on Christmas Eve, to remember about Jesus. He's come. He's come to bring a light. You're going to notice the theme today about light, how we want to celebrate the light that Jesus is. He's brought a light to us. So as we're here today, thank you so much. And as you're at home, thank you for being with us today. And let's remember what Christmas is about. It's about a light coming to this world to bring good news. I uh, bought my wife a Christmas present this year. Just for me, hey? Thank you. That's it. Uh, I, I bought her a fridge. I just really wanted to see her light, her face light up when I opened it. Oh, when she opened it. I wrecked that joke already. Ah. I kids I've told that joke about 30 times and I wreck it every time. Anyways, we're excited to share the light with you today. Let's pray and we will pray on. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for everyone here. Thank you, Jesus, for the light that you brought as you partner and bring a light to us so we can bring a light to those around. As we're here today, celebrating a tradition and reminding ourselves and reminding those around us why we do what we do here for you, Jesus. Thank you that your presence is with us. Thank you that your life is here. I just pray that our hearts would be open to seeing that light. If we're here for the first time in a long time at a church service, I pray that our hearts would be warm to who you are. to your good love and your good light. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. In your name.
2: There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world.
6: you yeah.
4: to The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen the glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out saying this was he whom I said he who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, have made him known. <laughs>
5: Okay, so this is the part of our service where we encourage you to really prayerfully consider how you can contribute to the life and the work of willow park church what we're doing right now online and our online church and our online ministry is made possible by people being generous just like you following the command of scripture in the new testament which talks about giving cheerfully it talks about giving generously sacrificially it's kind of got a pinch and also regularly. And so if you are not doing that yet, can, can I just humbly ask you to prayerfully consider how you can give to this incredible work as we, we look for ways that we can serve Jesus in our province, in our city, and around the world. So here are a few different ways that you can do that. You can do it online or whether it be regular each month and we can answer any questions you might have about that. But thank you for making this possible. Thank you for the ways that you just, it's it's humbling how people have continued to give in these really uncertain times. You're amazing. God bless. So good. Okay, Christmas traditions. Let's hear them. Pardon? Pajamas. How many of you do pajamas on Christmas Eve? How many of you are wearing pajamas right now? Anyone? Pajamas on Christmas Eve? That is a very Canadian. That is not, that is not a British thing. That's, that's just weird. How many of you got a strange tradition? I know we've got some South Africans in the room. There must be something weird about what happens at Christmas in South Africa. Do you go surfing or... Yeah, nodding. Did I get surfing right? yeah cuz it's it's summer in south africa right really hot there right now anyone else strange christmas traditions nothing wow you guys i'd hate to have been one of your kids no we don't have any traditions <laughs> we <eat laughs> go on. we do we when we finish christmas eve services uh we head home and we eat chinese field, uh, food just like jesus would have on <laughs> christmas eve it's in the bible for sure uh, I remember when I was a kid growing up, there was a tradition whenever we flew on a plane. Uh, I grew up in the, uh, in, the, in the late, well, in the 70s, in the mid-70s and in the 80s. I remember when you got on a plane, uh, you would ask the, uh, uh, they were called air stewardesses now. That's politically incorrect. We don't call them that anymore. It's cabin attendants. Uh, you'd ask the cabin attendants, uh, can I go and see the captain? And uh, you'd get to go into the cockpit and, and sit, sometimes the co-pilot would get up, and you could sit in the co-pilot's chair while you're 30,000, 40,000 foot up in the air, and it was amazing. How many of you, how many of you are willing to show your age and tell me whether or not that you did that when you were a kid? Loved it. Okay, um, so, okay, some of you look a little old. It was like when you were 20 or 30 years old, maybe, but how many of you just think I'm completely mad and I'm making all this up right now? Pete Hannibal, that's just not true. You're more than old enough to remember that, I know. And uh, there's this wonderful story. Also, when I was a kid, this is way before the internet, and, uh, and we managed quite well, for those of you who are young enough to think that I'm completely mad. Uh, my mum and dad got this magazine. Uh, it was like a little book, and you'd get them a lot in doctor's surgeries, and, and maybe you got them in Canada. I didn't ask the first crowd uh, whether we had them in Canada, called the Reader's Digest. Does that mean anything to you? Okay, so do you remember in the Reader's Digest they would have all sorts of really boring stories if you were a kid, and then they would have the the fun stuff, the you know the uh, strange but true, and I would li- I would read that uh, that I would read that usually in the bathroom I would read that read that, and uh, I remember one story in particular, and, and it was um, it involved planes. And so I could actually visualise because now they kind of lock the captains away, don't they? And you just don't see them until you land, and then they come and say hello. But at that time, in the eighties, and seventies, and eighties, the captain would come and they would chat with the passengers uh, and that kind of thing. And and so one of the stories uh, that I has stuck into my memory, and I don't know if we're we're online or not right now, but welcome if we are. Yes, I'm getting a thumbs up. I should have said hello to you before. I do apologize. I'm going to go off stage now for all those of you online. I'm going to rummage around a little bit, but I am coming back. Everybody in the room, you get to watch, okay? So uh, I just need to go into this room here, and and I will explain as I go, because what that was happening, they, they had this, um, this captain of the airplane was... Uh, He opened the door mid-flight, 40,000 foot up. Everybody's sat there, and they're on the way to the destination. The captain of the plane gets off and uh, opens his door and emerges. (laughs) This worked perfectly with the other crowd. Emerges, moving backwards with two bits of string like this. Pretending as he's going... Down the middle of the aisle, thank you, girls, down the middle of the aisle that he's flying this plane. I'm not joking it's reading it's in the reader's digest. it's true. And so he's flying, he's backing up and he's, and he's kind of like this, and everybody in the plane is like watching the captain, clearly the captain, two bits of string, flying the plane, and then he comes up, sorry, Erica. thank you. oh, okay. Uh, for those of you online, I'm managing to strangle my daughter. Um, and he, and he, he's in the middle of, of the aisle, and he comes up to uh, an elderly lady who's sat in like the bulkhead seats, you know, kind of visualize where, you remember when we used to go on planes? <sighs> um, gave her the two pieces of string, and she held them, and he went, hold it steady, love. Just go into the washroom. And then he disappears down the aisle. Isn't that brilliant? I love that guy already. Never met him. Genius. Absolute genius. This lovely, I'm assuming she's lovely, probably terrified old lady, is now feeling like she's actually flying the plane. Totally convinced uh, that she's flying the plane. And grips, white knuckle, grips the string, holding it steady, just like the captain said. There's a sad end to this story, unfortunately. Because he came back and he took the string and went back into the cockpit. And those around had a good laugh. Apart from the old lady, Uh, she complained, and he got severely reprimanded and disciplined, which I think is a real shame. Can you imagine that happening today? (laughs) Uh, Seriously, Jared, the stuff you're missing out on, this is the kind of the heady heights of comedy that we lived through in the 70s and 80s, crazy stuff. But he got into trouble, and I think that's a real shame. But it's a great analogy of our last two years is you just kind of feel, I don't know about you, but I just feel like I'm just about holding life steady. Do you know what I mean? I'm holding these two bits of string, and whatever these bits of string are, thinking that, that I, I've just got to hold this thing together. And we've all got different responsibilities. We've got our businesses, we've got our churches, we've got our work life, we've got families, we've got friends. And it doesn't matter what age you are, whether you're young or whether you're not so young, whatever stage of life you're at, you feel like you've just got to hold it steady especially when the restrictions and COVID and everything else that is coming out seems to just change every other day. Let's just hold it steady. And it's like Nick said a few minutes ago, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. I dare look at the news at the moment to see whether or not I should be wearing my face mask, this, that. And we're, and we're really holding it tight as a church, you know, we're saying, you've got to hold, you've got to wear your face masks and we're 50%, and, and uh, we're well, actually less than 50% this one, but earlier on, we were, we were full as we could be, and, and we're working through all this, but feeling like we're just holding it together. And Christmas really highlights this for us. Not just for us as a family, but Christmas has always been one of those times of year that, that it highlights anything that you just feel like you're just about holding it together. You know, it highlights any financial issues or family issues, or it highlights personal stuff like loneliness or discipline, or, or uh, sorry, um, or, or or disappointment or discontentment, rejection. All these things. There are people who just get through, just holding it steady when it comes to Christmas. And what we're brilliant at in Kelowna, on the West Coast especially, we're amazing at holding it together in such a way where really nobody else need find out until actually it's too late. You Because know, we're, we're good at that, aren't we? We're, we're really good at that. We kind of do exactly what we do at Christmas on our lives. We put the lights in the right places and the good looks in the right places and we hold it all together. There may be, hopefully, one or two people around you, and this is very healthy, to be able to share, actually, I'm just about holding it steady. And I've found as a Christian, but certainly before as a Christian, that my, the choices that I chose to do, the choices that I had in my life to try and hold things together, but not just that, to actually thrive and to enjoy life and have that peace and love and uh, exhilaration and fulfillment. I looked at all different areas of life to try, and it's like different string, thinking that this was going to work when all the time they were just bits of string. It might be that, you know, you look at your work or your finances or your family or your interests or your hobbies or whatever it might be, that if I can just do that or if I can get there, and, and, and especially if you're young, and I, and I don't want to... I don't want to be the one that comes and takes all your Christmas presents away. That's not my intention. But the reality is, is when you're young, you think there's so many stages that you have to work through, right? You you get to the end of school, and then you get to go to another school. And you put a lot of hope in that, and that's great. And then you get your job. Well, when I get a job, I'm going to feel more settled. I'm going to feel more fulfilled. And then you get the job, or you get your, your partner, or then you get your kids. And each of these stages in life, you think, you know what? I just, I'm holding it steady right now, but as soon as I can get to that next stage, it's going to feel a lot more fulfillment until you get into your late 40s. <clears throat> and you go, oh, hang on a second. I've actually managed to do a lot in my life still trying to h- hold things together if it just came down to me. And the beautiful thing about Christmas is Christmas tells a completely different story. See, Christmas is actually about not just our choices, but God's choices in Christmas highlight the security and the hope that we can find in Him. Where the whole story of Christmas is is this this beautiful truth that Jesus comes to earth as God and says, you know what, I'll take these off you. You don't need to hold it steady anymore. You don't need to hold it together I will do that for you. The scripture says that any of us that feel uh, burdened or heavy laden, that we can come to him and he is, he will, or weary. And like, oh, 2021 feels that way. And Jesus says, I will give you rest. That sounds so good. In the new year, we're actually going to be looking at some spiritual disciplines or practices. We're calling them Rhythms. I'm going to look at rest and Sabbath and silence and solitude and scripture reading and prayer. And we do this. We're trying to do this each year now because these practices or these, uh, it's like an apprenticeship that we like to call it. As a disciple of Jesus, allows the rest of God to come into your life where you don't feel like it's you holding stuff steady. Where actually God says, I'll take the wheel. Which, by the way, is the worst song on the planet. Jesus, take the wheel. I asked by show of hands in the first service, and there was actually a worrying amount of hands. How many uh, really enjoyed country and Western music? So how many? (laughs) What I like, oh wow, you're unapologetic. We had a few of these this morning. Uh, Not this morning, this afternoon. (laughs) It's quite funny. But you know that song, Jesus Take the Wheel? Absolute garbage. Because we have this idea as Christians that you've even got the wheel. Some of us aren't even in the car. Like Jesus, you take it. You stood there hitchhiking. That's me a lot of the time. But Jesus promises, this is what the story of Christmas is, to come into our world, come into our life, and say, look, I will give you rest. This holding things steady is exhausting. And if, uh, if we had time today, and maybe this is something you can think about later on, I just wonder, what is it that you need God to take from you? You know, I talk about taking the strings off. What, what is it, what area of life that if a miracle happened overnight and it woke, you woke up tomorrow morning, it was completely different, what was it that has changed? What is it that just seems that you are holding on to, that it feels like you are the one, that you've got to hold it on to it together because if you don't hold it together, everything else is going to fall apart. What is that? What is it you need God to take from here on in? That's the Christmas story that's what Jesus came to do and the amazing thing is is we come into Christmas we have all these beautiful traditions I love Christmas carols some of them don't make any sense I I, I, for example what's that all about seriously I I, that's not Greek it's uh, it's certainly not Hebrew this is a songwriter going I've got no clue what's put now I'm just gonna put some pa pum pum pums in there and hopefully they don't notice. And while I was looking at different carols and how some of them don't make any sense, because we just blindly sing these things sometimes without even thinking about it, I came across this, and this really made me laugh. Mary, exhausted, having just gotten Jesus to sleep, is approached by a young man who thinks to himself, what that girl needs is a drum solo. I thought that was fantastic. (laughs) Brilliant. And then you got Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I grew up thinking, honestly, I grew up, uh, even though I wasn't really a Jesus follower, I went to church for many years. um, I I thought all angels were called Harold. (laughs) Who's this Harold? You know, it's Gabriel, it's Michael, and Harold. Harold's the one who came with the message Hark the Herald Angels Sing. But it's an amazing song. We sang it earlier on Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. That is the Bible. That is Christmas. That God in his beautiful love for you and me would be willing to come to earth, live the life that you and I can't live, and then die the death that ultimately you and I deserve because of the sins that we commit in our lives. That he would say, look, come to me. All of you are weary and heavy, laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. You don't need to hold it steady anymore. Let go of the wheel. I've got it. And to actually lean into that, the story of Christmas is what that's all about. I'm a big fan of Christmas traditions and carols, but this carol, Heart the Herald Angels Sing, is filled with truth. It actually, one of the most beautiful scriptures in the whole Christmas story is in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 12. And the angels come, and they were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him, Harold, appeared to him. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. And the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause you great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. You see, the angels only appeared to a certain group of people when we read about it in the Christmas time, in the Christmas story. One of those groups was the shepherds. And, and regardless of what we might think of when it comes to angels, and those of you who've been around the South a while, you'll know I've spoken about angels before, and that they're not that the flying naked babies with harps. That's not what the Bible talks about with angels, or the kind of mid-height Um, blonde, blue-eyed, white, that's not what they're either about. The angels in the Bible are often described as warriors, very tall, very powerful, and, uh, and and they're warriors. And so there's no wonder the shepherds were so afraid. But what's really interesting is that why God chose to come to the shepherds. Because in that truth is where I find myself. You see, the shepherds were the disregarded. They were the lowest of the low. That Their words were disregarded so much that anything they said was just thought of as being lies. They were often lonely. Shepherding was often a child's job. So if you were doing that as an adult, then you've really failed. Loneliness was part of the job. They would come in ashamed Anytime they would come into a village or a town because they were a shepherd. And yet God in his joy and in his wisdom decided of all the groups of people I'm going to reveal myself to. It's not the people with the most influence, uh, most influence, the most followers on Instagram or TikTok. It's going to be the ones that actually everyone else disregards. I'm going to come to them. And I'm then going to use them, the Bible says, to tell everyone else about the message. So so they get the angels, everyone else gets the shepherds that stink like sheep. Have you seen a sheep? They ain't pretty. I'm from Britain and there's lots of sheep. We lived in Wales. There is millions of sheep. At one point, there was more sheep than people in Wales. And from a distance, they look great and fluffy. Lovely. Get up close. They're basically walking, pooping machines. Sorry, I had to say that on Christmas Eve. It's true. There's nothing pleasant about sheep. So the shepherds were chosen by God. The most insignificant, that God chose the unexpected to bring the unexpected news that I'm sending a Savior. He says, I'll take your life from here, shepherds. I'll take your life from here. It's going to be very, very different. The beautiful thing about Christianity and what we believe as Christians is that God speaks to us in myriads of different ways. Sometimes the messenger doesn't look like what we hope they look like. Sometimes the messenger lets down the message. You only need to spend a few minutes on the internet or on TV or, or uh, listening to Christian, uh, evangelical, whatever you want. I kind of feel like I have to distance myself away from that term now because of the way it's being used politically, especially in America. But if you look at that as being the messenger being the one that dictates the message, that's not true. The message is golden. The messengers sometimes stink like sheep. But the message is true. And all you need to do is open your eyes and look at the beauty. I stood outside there with my friend Peter with the snow coming down. And you're like, this is amazing. That's not when I have to shovel it later on, but... In the moment, the beauty, the Bible says that creation itself cries out to the glory of God. You just have to wake up in the morning and you can hear the message from God that you are loved, that you are cared for. And if I could say this lovingly as a pastor, all you need to do is be aware of your own insides to know that there's a God. You might be sat here going, nah, you know what? Christianity is for the weak and for the unintelligent. Well, first of all, I would say, I would challenge you to use some of the money that hopefully you get given at Christmas to go and buy some books and and actually read what's happening in the scientific world now that more and more scientists who used to be atheists are becoming Christians. No lie. That in the last 10 or 15 years, there's been more discoveries as to what actually is the unknown that can only be filled in by a designer. The fine-tuning argument, for example, which I would love to bore some of you with and fascinate the others with that all points to the existence of God. So to actually say there is now no God is is actually poo-pooed in modern academia. You can't say that. And so the the reality is, is that if we put aside where we want the evidence to go and look at where the evidence actually goes, what we're seeing is a God that continually pursues us, even where we keep our eyes closed, switch everything off, there's this quiet sense of more. There's something more. C.S. Lewis described it like when you hear this fi- faint sense of beautiful music, you know there's something more. And what we do is we think money's going to get me the more, relationships going to get me the more, people are going to get me the more, popularity's going to get me the more. If I can just get more of everything this culture offers me, then I'm going to find out what that music actually sounds like. While well, all the time the one who's singing is God himself. Because we dumb ourselves down thinking that our activities are going to be enough for us. But you were created for more than that. And the angels say, as I bring this to a close, the angels say something really special to the, uh, the shepherds. They say, glory to God in the highest heaven on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. This is a fascinating thing to say. And, and those of you who come to church at the South regularly know that I love to pull apart scripture. And there's a lot I could say about this. But this one word, glory, I just want to finish with this. The word glory, and I've spoken about glory many times, literally means mass. It means presence. Think of it this way imagine a large rock in a river, and the water is not going through the rock, it's going around the rock. In other words, the rock has glory. You have to make room for the rock. And what the angels are saying is, you glory to God, make room for God. That God has this mass, He has this presence. And if we could quieten ourselves, which by the way, the word hark, hark the Harold angel sings, hark means listen. If we quiet ourselves and listen, we'll actually sense and know that yes, there is something more that we need to give glory to. And what we do is we make room for lots of other things in our lives, thinking that this is going to help us keep our life steady. Well, all the time, the rock himself is saying, just invite me in. Make room. So I want to encourage you as my final uh, prayer for you. Is to spend some time listening this Christmas. To acknowledge the gift of Jesus. And it was all good gifts. Remember when you received that really, really big gift that took your breath away. If you haven't yet, tomorrow, trust me, it's going to happen. Like, when you get this big gift, and this has happened to me a number of times in my life, not just at Christmas, but it's immediately humbling because you don't know what to say. Like, I don't know what to say about that. I don't deserve this. And then you weakly and feebly go, thanks. Knowing that the word thanks is just so minute compared to the enormity of the gift. And then maybe you'll say, I'm sorry, I didn't bring anything in return. Or worse, sometimes you give them a really feeble gift back. Isn't that the worst? Sometimes it's better not to give any gift at all and go, I got you this. And you're there humbled. It's the same with God. God gave us the gift of Jesus. The greatest gift he could give us. The one that would ultimately end up hanging on the cross. We've got it over in the corner there saying, I will pay the price for you. I will rescue you through the cross. I will, because see, it's through the cross that we can get the joy and the rest that we so desperately need so we don't have to keep, keep things steady. It's the greatest gift that the world has ever been given. And it's on offer to every one of you. And those of you who are Christians, it's being given to you. And we hold it. And at Christ, Christian friends, I encourage you this Christmas to imagine that you've been given this gift afresh. The enormity of it. And how would that feel? And to say, thank you, Lord. For those of you who have perhaps never received the gift, and I want to encourage you to quiet yourself and know that you were created more than for more than you can ever find in this world. Don't dumb yourself down. But God, in his joy and his love and his passion for you, sent his son for you so that you could have a relationship with him through the cross. The greatest gift. The world has known. So let the rush and the noise fade and hark. Listen. Set aside your skepticism and listen. Look where the evidence actually takes you rather than where you want the evidence to take you. And what you'll hear is a God saying, I love you. Look at the cross for proof. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask Sarah. So we're going to sing. Oh, I should say goodbye to everybody online because I know that you guys are going to be leaving us in just a second. So thank you for joining us. We love you. We miss you. And Lord willing, this time next year, same place, same date, but inside would be amazing. Uh, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for everybody online. I'm going to pray for everybody here. So just ask you to stand, and then we're going to sing joy to the world. And, uh, yeah, we can, uh, we can shake the reinforced rafters with our joy. It'll be so good. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the greatest gift. Lord, that you would send your son, that Jesus, you would come as a baby, and that, Lord, that you would offer yourself ultimately as a sacrifice, but as a friend and as a brother. Lord, thank you that you said that you would take our burden and we could find rest in you. And so, Lord, I pray for everybody who's listening who perhaps has not taken that step yet. That, Lord, they would find time this Christmas to think and meditate on that. That, Lord, that you would show them the places in their life that they're trying to hold steady, that you can take off them. And, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would draw them to yourself. And I want to pray for everybody who perhaps that affects right now. I'm going to pray that Maybe you want to pray along with me as I pray. If you've never come into a relationship with Jesus, if you've always kind of been at a distance, and you're like, I'm, I'm ready to receive this gift, then I want to pray for you and with you. Dear Lord, I, I confess I don't understand all the the ins and outs, but what I sense in this moment is you calling me. And Lord, I pray you would take me for who I am. You would forgive me for all the ways that I have tried to fix myself, for the ways I have ignored you and placed other things before you. Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross. Paid the price for my sin that I might live and experience rest. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you are and all that you are doing. I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. You know, if you've prayed that prayer online or whether you've prayed it here or you want to know more about Christianity, then you've got a cue card in front of you. You can click that and Connect, and we'll get back to you. You can fill out a Connect card. We'd love to chat with you, because we believe so passionately that Jesus truly is the answer that everybody's looking for. And uh, that'd be great. So now we get a chance to joy to the world. Joy to
6: the world.